Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 285 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we're discussing the 2020 smash hit Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mike, what are you doing tonight? Are we doing both of those movies or just the Birds of Prey movie? Let's do the first one. Okay, sounds sounds good. I'm I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Let it be known that depending on how long this COVID shutdown lasts, this could be this year's best picture winner. <laughs> so let's when, just be clear. Like we were trying to see every best picture winner ever. We've randomized them. We've seen them throughout the years. We might be, we might have already, we might, we might already have tackled this year's with a, yeah, an April yeah. re, or a March release. Yeah. 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 You know, just nice to kind of check it off the list. It's kind of nice. Uh, this, this also is now the second to last movie that I saw in a movie theater. A uh, little note oh, okay. for the readers we or listeners. We might have mentioned this before, but when we reviewed Invisible Man, we, you and I had come <laughs> to an agreement that we were going to skip Birds of Prey and, and see Invisible Man. And that was the next episode in the series. I completely forgot about that conversation, looked on our website to see what was coming up next, returned from a work trip, headed to the theater, and went and saw Birds of Prey, uh, only to sit down to record that night with you and realize we saw different movies. I also like that not only did you forget about our conversation, you forgot that we talked about it on the episode, which you edited. Like days prior, like three days prior. Multiple opportunities to be reminded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But it was my fault for not updating the website. Or the opportunity to just text you at any point and say, it's Birds of Prey, right? And you'd reply back, no, it's Invisible Man. No, no, Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess I would say... Before we get too far into it, I'm glad that Invisible Man was the last movie I saw in theaters as opposed to Birds of Prey being the last movie I saw in theaters. Oh, okay. If this lasts forever and no movie theater reopens, I'm glad it was that one. Yeah, yeah. You kind of cleaned, cleaned your palate a little. I, I'd rather yeah. it have been Godfather Part Two or something like that, but that's all right. <laughs> it's fine. Well, and so we're seeing this. we both seen the movie. You saw it in the theater. Yep. I saw it on the treadmill. Yeah. Uh, here at home right. uh, in quarantine. So very different movie going experiences. I wonder how that will color how we saw this film. Before we get into it, though, let's also just quickly touch state of Georgia has reopened. Movie theaters are allowed to reopen. To my knowledge, none yet have. Okay. And in fact, AMC theaters came out this week and said while they're looking forward to figuring out how to reopen and how to reopen safely, there's no content. Right. Like July is really like the next like most studios kind of kicked the can and moved some some releases down the road. So even if they're legally allowed to open today, what are they going to show? Birds right. of Prey again? You I know, guess. Like, there's just nothing. Invisible Man a little just, longer. Right. So yeah. maybe they pull out some like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Back to the Future or, you know, something from t- 30 years ago. But odds are they're just sort of in the spot of maybe they're allowed to open and but. But studios aren't going to give the theaters in Georgia like early access to Tenet, the new sure. Christopher Nolan film. Correct. Right. Yeah, so it's right, like, well, right. we're all kind of waiting until July. So theaters are are especially in a tough spot. And I would just use this time. I'm a huge movie fan, a big movie going fan. And so when this does get list, lifted, I'm definitely going to be looking for opportunities to go see things in the theater and would sort of encourage anybody 
to try and figure out how they can support their local movie theater and the employees that work there so we don't see this mass wave of shutting, you know, just shuttered movie theaters in the, in the country. I think that'd be terrible. But I think you and I both agree, too, if, you know, the, they figure out, the studio figures out a way to give Georgia theaters unfettered early access to the Christopher Nolan or any other film, you and I are going to be the first two people on a crowded airplane heading down to Georgia (laughs) to see it sans face mask. And we will probably get a couple of massages while we're there. Get our hair cut. Finally. Yes. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. 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 It'll be great. Yeah. Well, this, this podcast is a huge moneymaker for us. And so with all the we royalties that come in, right. we could just spend a little bit. This has been a hit to us the, without the revenue. Right. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> well, let's start talking about, and that really was the title of this film. It's called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And in fact, the title was so misleading and long and stupid that in its second week in theaters, most theaters actually got new one sheets new posters, and we're able to recall the film now, Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn because they they wanted audiences to know this is the Harley Quinn movie. That's fantastic that they needed to do that. I love that. And and, and, and I love that... the title twice. And I, lo- and I love that they think that the ti- the second one is better. Like, like it's... <laughs> it just added words to the, the title of the movie, which is absurd. So... Well, I'll hit us up with what I hope is a quick plot recap. But, yes, let's do it. Uh, you know, again, full disclosure, I saw this movie when it was theatrically released. This is one of the last movies that I saw before theaters shut down. And it's been a while. So and when I realized I saw the, with the wrong movie, I tossed my notes. So uh, this was <laughs> this is going back into the, the well. So Harley Quinn and the Joker have broken up. And I didn't even know they were once an item. She is not handling the breakup well, but seeks solace in the home of a restaurant owner and getting into hobbies like the roller derby and blowing up chemical plants. She befriends Dinah Lance, who is approached by Detective Renee Montoya, played by national treasure Rosie Perez, about being an informant on her boss, nightclub owner Roman Sionis. Roman's primary objective is to steal the fortune of a local crime family, And the key to this fortune is a diamond embedded with the bank account numbers. This diamond is temporarily in the possession of Roman's thug named Victor, but quickly stolen by a young girl named Cassandra, who promptly swallows it. Due to the chemical plant explosion, all of these bad guys are after Harley Quinn, who is captured but buys her freedom by agreeing to retrieve the diamond from Cassandra. The two become friends, but the restaurant owner harboring Harley eventually sells out Cassandra. At that point, we meet the Huntress, also known as the Crossbow Killer, whose actual name is Helena and the lone survivor of the crime family who had been massacred by the other thugs. And now she is a trained assassin. In an amazing climax too convoluted to even detail, a battle ensues. You root for nobody. There are explosions, double crosses, supersonic screaming, more roller derby, and eventually Harley and Cassandra escape while Renee, Diana, and Helena team up to form the Birds of Prey Vigilantes. And that's Birds of Prey, or whatever the second title is. Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey, colon, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. There we go. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) Mike, what did you think of this movie? 
I was not a fan of the movie. It was a rough sit for me. Now I never saw the Suicide Squad movie. I don't, you know, I don't know these follow these characters. I don't follow this universe. Sure. And you know, I don't know that even seeing a you know a sequel or a spinoff to the Suicide Squad, you know, initial offering, even really like impacted my ability to understand or follow this. I don't know, having seen that, that I would have gotten a little more into it. But I think the plot is kind of convoluted. It's it's all over the place. You've got the law, but you know she's not a great woman either. You've got you know mafia crime family, like they're trying to protect their fortune. This you know princess of of the mafia family, but like why does that make her a good person? That she was the survivor of this massacre that these thugs had initiated. I mean, the title character blows up a chemical plant just to send a message to the world that she broke up with the Joker. I mean, this this is some. It, it's it's not dark like the Joker movie was, but nothing about it is, I, I find particularly fun or good. How about you? Yeah, this was a this was a tough one for me. So listeners may know that I really do like comic book movies. I enjoy comic books, and uh, uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of most of these movies, or at least I'll give them a shot. Harley Quinn is a character that was actually created for Batman the Animated Series, so she's not a comic book character as much as a cartoon character. Okay. From the early '90s, um, but she's certain kind of kind of broken into the comics and has become, I guess, over the past almost 30 years, you know, uh, an integral part of the universe. But and and I think Margot Robbie actually does Robbie Robbie. I don't know how to say her name. I think she actually mm-hmm. does a, a a fun job of the character. She was easily the only, only halfway decent thing in Suicide Squad. That was a complete piece of trash, but. I just don't know who this movie was for. It's it's like a girl power movie, I guess, but it's very violent and the comedy doesn't land and the characters aren't really fleshed out. I just don't know who this was for. It just it doesn't it doesn't check any boxes like in a world where so many comic book movies kind of feel like they need written to check by them all. yeah. Yeah, you got to check all the boxes written by committee. This is like the committee was at lunch and they just decided to quick make the movie while they were all out of the room and not for the better. Yeah. So I, I just I just don't know who this was for. This was I'm sure there's a group I'm, I'm confident there's a group somewhere that really likes this movie. And and I hope Margot Robbie is one of them. She was a producer on the film. She fought passionately to get it made. It was directed by a female uh, and, and a woman of color. So like there's there's sort Screenplay of a by a woman, I think, it. as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is this is sort of like right you know, uh, sort of made by the audience for the audience, but I guess I'm just not part of the audience. And I just, I really struggled to find almost anything that I enjoyed about this movie. The the only two things that I jotted down. um, So, and we can go through them quickly. I feel like this is going to be a short episode, but um, I thought some of the martial arts fight scenes were actually kind of enjoyable. I thought that, you know, I think that the, you know, the final, uh, you know, penultimate scene of the third act just got, crazy but i do think that amidst all of the other issues i had with it and i'm not even one much into fight scenes like yeah these were decent fight scenes i'd I'd rather see a car chase than a fight scene but these these were okay and i also think that there was one line of dialogue that i i did laugh out loud at and it's a it's a scene where um where quinn's character is detailing 
a list of all of the reasons that people hate her and all of the reasons these men are after her. And the final one she ends with is that she voted for Bernie. Like, I feel like like the, the one, the, the penultimate reason that people hate her is that she was a Bernie supporter. And for, for whatever reason, it like brought this movie suddenly into the present. And, yeah. um, and, and that was just, that was, that was a laugh out loud moment for me. And is it because, you know, it's written by a woman and directed by a woman and you voted for Bernie. And <laughs> that's, that was a, a colossal misstep on your part. Like, it wouldn't have been as funny if she just said, I voted for Trump. It wouldn't have been as funny if right. she just said she voted for, I don't know, some other independent candidate out there. But sure. I, I think that that was a, a, a laugh out loud kind of moment. The only bit of dialogue that I truly enjoyed. I feel like it, the, the fast paced, frenetic, like almost like it's almost like Gilmore Girls, but with a lot of f bombs. Like you know, just a lot of f bombs. Tr- yeah, like everybody's just trying to sound su- so super smart and and it, Dawson's Creek, but no, like it's it's with grossness attached to it. Yeah. yeah. So this thing is R rated, and it's mainly for language. There are a couple of fight scenes, or like a couple of gruesome images, but even most of the fight scenes aren't all that violent. I mean especially by an R-rated action movie's standpoint. Um, I think language is the main reason this is R-rated. I just don't know why they did it. Because the because the violence, some of the fight scenes were kind of cool, and I am a connoisseur of fight scenes, but they weren't great. And they weren't, they were like on the cusp of, they were like PG-13 fight scenes with a little bit of, like every once in a while, one extra hit or something. But to take it a step back, the biggest problem I have with Harley Quinn is, to me, she seems like Mr. Bean. She seems like she's just sort of accidentally in the right place at the right time, and she's she's not she's not a super powered. She's not good. Right. She's not bad. She's just sort of a crazy person, like someone living on the fringe of society who sort of falls ass backward into this mob story, yeah, and somehow survives, but not really through like any wit or will or strength it's just sort of like almost by accident and so it's like how do you root for that plus she's not like a hero she's not like a great person either so it's she's really in this box of like somebody out there really wants to root for her and make her into a a hero but she's the she's famous for being the girlfriend of a villain and a murderous like genocidal villain and I just think it's hard to build a movie around that. So so that is really tough because there's just nothing for me to grab onto. There's no character I'm really excited about. Black Canary actually I thought was pretty cool. And the sonic scream or whatever she does at the end. I actually thought that was pretty cool. But it's like they waited until 97% of the movie to show us one character doing something interesting. And they almost felt like apologetic about it. Which – if you're going to they're trying to like give us a, a a somewhat grounded DC universe movie but this is the same DC universe that has Suicide Squad in it and has like if you saw that movie it was like I don't know Aztec gods or something coming to life it was so yeah. terrible like if that exists in this universe give us the the sonic scream from Black Canary in act 1 like just get that out of the way and use it 20 times that's a good point so Dude, I just don't know who this movie is for. The action wasn't hard enough. 
the the comedy wasn't funny enough. It felt like it was a half measure the entire way. I don't know. I don't know. I just I, – I, I couldn't find much to sink my teeth into here. I mean I think that's that's good. Like my first dislike point was I thought it was just noisy and obnoxious. I think it's a second movie in several months where the Joker features prominently, though he's never shown on screen here. And obviously the two movies could not be more different and I really liked the the, the frightening cerebral take on the former and then again this one I just don't know who it's for I mean this this can't be for 10 year old girls like they they can't see this movie yet I I I can't imagine any female friends my age being really into this either and I I don't know it it you're right it it was weird uh next thing I didn't like was Ewan McGregor I just I can't stand this guy I, I like I haven't liked him ever in anything ever yeah, he's he's really tough to like here, and also the character that he plays, uh, who ultimately is also known as Black Mask, is is maybe the worst villain in a comic book movie in like ten years. Like, there's nothing there. He's not scary. He's not interesting. He's not even wacky in like a kind of an interesting or likable way. He just yeah. is like. Like who cares? And he and Ewan McGregor plays him terribly. In fact, this the yeah. the villain himself and the Birds of Prey at the end, like when they kind of show them as like the the Birds of Prey trio, this felt like such a step back for comic book movies. This felt like a comic book movie from like nineteen ninety three, like like almost where you were embarrassed to be at a comic book movie. Like just weird. I also felt like there was way too much narration storytelling. Like, I mean, it's all told like in a an overlay, almost entirely voiceover, yeah. Yeah, voiceover from uh, Harley Quinn's point of view, and that really it, it it got it got old. I mean, I mean, like narration in a movie is something that can some like when you think of Shawshank Redemption and. Uh, million Dollar Baby, of course, it's the same narrator in both of those movies, but and, <laughs> and his voice is iconic. But you know, War her... of the Worlds, maybe or right, right. yeah, yeah, uh, the... March of the Penguins, perhaps. right, right, a little better, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now we're branching out, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I just felt like that got old too. I mean, it's almost like in the and the pacing and the the flashbacks and and current state and like little snippets is so frenetic it just keeps it's just constantly fast-paced and like again just sort of loud and obnoxious and f-bombs and lights and explosions and it, it, it you felt exhausted at the end of it i guess is what i would say well, and let me ask you this. I know, and you're not a fan of these movies. Did you see Deadpool or Deadpool 2? I have not, no. And I'm sure there's some comparisons to be drawn from those, right? Well, so those are heavily R-rated. There's a ton of voiceover work by Ryan Reynolds. There, The action is very violent. The comedy is way over the top. Uh, there's tons of bad language and lewd humor and I feel like this was kind of going for that, but but never really got to that level. Like it didn't okay. out Deadpool Deadpool. And so it's sort of like that's the vein they went in and it just it just felt flat. I just I just felt bad. I almost felt bad for everybody the whole point through the whole movie. Like, uh, like I don't know why you 
tried this because it's not working and like, oh, you guys, like I, I just felt bad for people. I also really felt bad for Rosie Perez, mainly because not only does she look like she has had a rough couple of decades, but her voice was totally normal, which either means she was doing the weird accent in this movie or her effed up Rosie Perez awful voice that she's always had was a put on all this time. And I felt like if she felt that the only way to be a successful actress was to have like one of the worst all time voices in movie history be her legacy, I just felt bad for her. Yeah, that's that would be a shame, right? If this is her yes. real voice, right, that that would be a yes, shame. Yes, and that squeaky, yes. awful voice that she's known for is like, wait, 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 was that fake this whole time? <laughs> or does she have, like, throat cancer and now this is what she sounds like? Oh, no, that's horrible. Like, she and Val Kilmer are going to do a movie or, like, they're just going to read audiobooks together <laughs> and we're all going to just cry as we listen to this, like, oh, yeah, kind of that's get, horrible. Kind of that muscle through the material because it's so terrible. That was going to be my first up. What's up with this? Boy, has Rosie Perez fallen on black days. But since you took it, let's yeah. get to another one that you took, which is what is the title and subtitle of this movie? I don't even understand what it means. The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Like, what? I don't. I don't get what that means. Is there? Is there another Harley Quinn? Uh, she's fully emancipated from the Joker. She's her own lady. She's living life large. She's she's not his plus one anymore, and that's what this movie's about. But she's also I not guess. one of the birds of prey. So what? Uh, I, right. This is weird. I didn't it's, understand that either. The, the title is is odd to me. So y- you go ahead. I, I just I just repeated two of yours that I still need felt needed more attention. So what's up with Victor Zaz? Um, he's he's Black Mask's henchman, and in the comic books, he is like a vicious psychopath, like a basically a, just a serial killer who cuts people up and cuts himself, and he's very creepy and scary. Could he have been less scary in this movie? Wasn't terrible. I mean, you've scary. got a guy who yeah. who enjoys peeling faces off of people, and. He was almost played with like a broad, wacky sensibility. It just was like, what are we doing here? I mean, tonally, just <laughs> really struggled with this with this guy in this film. You know, we've already talked about Rosie Perez's accent or not accent or what was not what's accent. her real voice. Does Margot Robbie have a Brooklyn accent in the movie? Is it is is that the the vibe we're going for? And if so, is she the only person in Gotham City that talks like that? I think her accent is based on the woman who did the accent in the Batman, the animated series, whoever that voice actress was sort of defined the character. Okay. And that's what, that's what Harley Quinn sounds like. And you know, Margot Robbie is, um, an Australian. She's a a two time Academy award nominee. She was great as Tanya Harding. I mean, she's a very talented actress and yet, she seems really into playing Harley Quinn. She did Suicide Squad. Yeah. She did this. She's actually in The Suicide Squad, which is a, another, I don't know if it's a reboot or remake or sequel coming Okay. this year. The, she, filming is already done. Like, she's played Harley Quinn again. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what we're doing with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Why yeah. this is a thing. 
And I guess finally for me, what's up with the songs Barracuda and Black Betty? Uh, the, oh, yeah. the, the musical cues just seemed so cliche and obvious and worn out and silly and dumb. Like, I've even told you before, and we've argued about this a little bit, I don't love Martin Scorsese's choice of soundtrack sometimes. I feel like the... How dare you? The, I get it. The song doesn't... To me, the song doesn't seem to match the scene. Oftentimes it does. Oftentimes it doesn't. I think Quentin Tarantino is significantly better at that than Martin Scorsese is. We, you know, we're splitting hairs to argue about it. But I just felt like these were just, uh, this is just dumb. Like, put in a a high-powered guitar riff song in this fight scene and and we move on. And It just felt lazy. I agree. It felt like if you gave a film student an action film and said, what would you, what music would you put behind this? Oh, Barracuda. I'd be like, yep, there you go. <laughs> it's just, just a very obvious choice. What's up with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Huntress? Yeah. I mean, again, I couldn't tell. This character is a murderer. She's a vigilante. She's an assassin raised, um, you know, since she was, um, she escaped the carnage of her entire family being killed. And yet she's sort of played as kind of a wacky character. And at the end, it's like, get it? She's sort of like has no social skills and she doesn't know how to be like a sister to other sisters. And like she's learning to love women. It just was like, a, what are we doing with this character? Is she supposed to be scary? Is she powerful? Is she evil? Is she good? Is she dangerous? She is like nothing in this movie. Just a a choice of weapon as like a... Uh, a little crossbow you know she's like 10 little crossbow arrows and then she's out of ammo and has like no other weapon it's like what a stupid character worthless yes not interesting (laughs) and not well done and i i have liked mary elizabeth winstead in a few things over the years but this was just just rough i have not liked mary steenberg in anything though speaking of mary's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Mike, are you ready for five questions? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Probably not on this movie since I haven't questions. seen it in two months. Well, we've talked about a few of these already, so I'll be interested to get your take. Number one, it says Suicide Squad was terrible. This was terrible. <laughs> Will you ever see another Harley Quinn movie? No. No. You would have to force me so to. You will, and I don't think you would force me to after this one. So I... I kind of think I'm done with Harley Quinn. Right. I, I feel like I'll let you go. <laughs> Although I probably will see the next Suicide Squad because it's directed by James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. So, like, I got to give it, like, this much. Yeah, but you guys anyway. give it a chance. Yeah, okay. all right. Question number two. Um, you mentioned this earlier that we just had Joaquin Phoenix win Best Actor for playing Joker. You've had Heath Ledger win an Academy Award for playing the Joker. And then you had Jared Leto play Joker in Suicide Squad. And it was so terrible and so widely panned that they basically cut him out of this movie. He wasn't even asked to reprise his role. Yeah. Um, how does Jared Leto feel these days? I, I don't know. Like, that guy is so weird to begin with. Like, he's got his he's got his band that he tours the world. I mean, probably not now. He's not. But uh, he's he's an interesting character altogether like what did he win the oscar for was it dallas buyers club that he he won an oscar dallas for? buyers club it? yeah and, and matthew mcconaughey yes. won for that one too right okay um yeah so yes. yep and, and he was wearing the white tux and had the long hair and like flipping off jennifer lawrence in the audience like it's really weird like that that dude's off and so probably he doesn't care right like he, he thought he 
he had his moment. I don't know. I can't imagine him feeling terribly bad. I think he has a pretty inflated sense of self-importance. On the plus side, he didn't portray milk as like a conspiracy, <laughs> like Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yes. That might be the weirdest acceptance speech in history. All right. Uh, question number three. You, you briefly touched on this. It said the use of voiceover is a very particular um, uh, tool used in filmmaking and it's used heavily in this film. When have you seen it used well? I guess the... I'm trying... You know, as we the were... The is this one didn't. So, I mean, I, I think the examples I gave, Shawshank Redemption, it's used sparingly. I think that in Million Dollar Baby, it's used sparingly. I feel like, wasn't there... It, it, I, I never saw the movie a second time even though I joined it, but in I, Tanya, didn't Margot Robbie do voiceover as Tanya Harding a bit in that punk rock biopic? I th- if I'm remembering that movie correctly, it's not necessarily voiceover as they did like fake interviews. Yeah, my So it was sort of like sort documentary, of documentary style. style. So sort of, okay. Yeah, so there was, doc- there was voiceover, but it was Sebastian Stan was often being quoted as sure. well. Allison Janney, like you heard them. Okay, okay. Uh, question number four. This movie was attacked online, not quite as bad as Ghostbusters with Kate McKinnon and Melissa McCarthy, but there was clearly a lack of enthusiasm in the marketplace for this movie. And then obviously the global pandemic sort of just ruined its chances at theater sure, overall. Yeah. Do you think this, the vitriol that was that was sort of starting with this movie, was it because it was all women or because the movie is just not very good? I think the latter. I, I, I mean, like, again, you know, it's, Everybody's got opinions, and they all stink, but, like, I, 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 I remember Ghostbusters really fondly and, and really shrugging my shoulders and scratching my head at the vitriol spewed to that movie that way. Like, was it as good as the original? No. Did it need to be done? Maybe not. But it was fun, and I laughed, and um, it, I had a really good time with that one. This one, I really couldn't think of. It. I mean, you heard my. Like, there were some decent fight scenes, and that one joke made me laugh. Other than that, it, it to me was just a over the top, sort of gross, <laughs> uh, it, frenetic movie. And it, I, I think it deserves the criticism. I, I, I don't remember the the vitriol or the Twitter feeds or anything from two months ago to even. Re- recall what the criticism was being heaved at it but i i think it it deserves to be called a poorly executed movie even you know regardless of the subject matter sure fair enough question number five margot robbie has been twice nominated for academy awards and she starred last year in quentin tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood does she really need to keep doing harley quinn movies i certainly don't think so though i mean she she, was she nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well? No, she was nominated for Bombshell. Bombshell, okay. I, I didn't see that. Um, boy, you know, I, I feel like these, I feel like, I feel like her personality is is, uh, is a little bit over the top. And so like this, this is just maybe something where she really feels in her wheelhouse and really enjoys. And, and maybe that's that's why she wants to keep doing it. I don't think she needs to. I, I think she's a very talented actress with uh, some true dramatic credentials to her credit. But, you know, it, this might be the thing that she enjoys the most. Well, that was five questions. Thanks, buddy. I mean, it's, it's Thank pretty you, clear listeners. that this was not a huge uh, fan favorite for you. I think this was – I actually think if you put this like on a 
if you tried to stack rank every comic book movie ever, this would have to be in like the bottom 10%. And not because it's all women and not because it's written. It just, it just wasn't good. And the villains weren't good and the plot wasn't great. And even the heroes are substandard. I just, yeah. I just feel like everybody here could have done better. Yeah. And I would have seen – and I, I mean I'll see Suicide Squad. I, I, like I would see a good Harley Quinn movie. I'd see a good Birds of Prey movie. I just don't think this was it. Yeah, OK. So that was rough. Well, I think we're on the same page. What's coming up next, buddy? Coming up next, we got 2009's Best Picture winner from the Best Picture Choosing Machine. This time it's The Hurt Locker with Jeremy Renner and our friend of the show and former Army veteran, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.